talk. And Charlene I got to know through MOPS and now is one of my dearest friends. And she always has lots of fun going on at her house. And she always has everything together in a picture-perfect life, it looks like from here. <laughs> Four kids and homeschool and MOPS and everything. And she's always got it under control and cool as a cucumber. So I'm excited to see how she helps us have more fun because my children have literally, literally nicknamed me the boring maker and my husband the fun maker. So this year I'm definitely going to work on being the fun maker. <laughs> It's because I do the laundry and dishes. It's sad. So let's all welcome Charlene. Well, after MomCon, it sounds like Nikki has a lot to share. I didn't get to go this year. But if you ever have the opportunity, it's um, both a leadership conference, but it's really a conference for any mom, um, not even just preschool moms. And um, it helps fill you up on relationships with your significant other or your spouse. It helps, you fill, it helps fill you up on parenting and leadership and connecting with other moms. So if you ever have the chance to go, it's in Colorado next year. It's usually in uh, September or October. So um, just to offset what Nikki said so that your expectations are realistic and not um, unrealistic, my, I actually checked yes to, I hide in the bathroom to get away from my kids, and I pulled something from the dirty hamper to wear, um, well, it was actually to put on one of my kids today, so just so you know that what she said is not really true. <laughs> um. I'm looking at how much time I have. Okay. All right. Um, so as I thought about the theme this year to the full, I, and I'm going to cry too, Nikki, I, um, I just had to think back over the years that I've been in MOPS and what this group means to me and has meant to me, and I'm actually not going to talk about this group. Um, I'm going to talk about the first MOPS group that I was in. But I just want to say that, that the truth of what Nikki just did with all of us, that there is someone here who is maybe living that thing that you don't tell anybody else or is struggling with the same thing that you are. That's what this group is all about. It is the fact that purely by being moms in this really lonely, hard, suck all of the emotion and energy out of you time of being a birth through preschool mom, I mean, I know all seasons are hard, but this one is particularly hard for some, most people at some point, um, that you are not alone. That's the whole point of what this group is about. So to the full does not mean add more stuff, come to more meetings, do more things. It truly means just live more fully where you are with that understanding and that connection with other moms. So when I think of vendors of preschoolers and what it brings to bring in my life a more full um, living and connection. I have to go back to the beginning um, and really go back to where I started in MOPS. So my life has been so blessed by MOPS. Um, it's richer, it's more relaxed, it's more grateful, it's less stressful, um, and it's because of this tribe. But I um, have some really good examples, I think, from the first tribe that I was in when I lived in Alaska. When I was first a mom, had two little kids just to paint the scene a little bit. Um, my husband was in the military, so we were living in Alaska. I had no family there. Um, we moved there as I was first expecting our, our first child. So I was becoming a new mom, kind of changing that role. Um, I was also working full time. My husband was scheduled to, to deploy three weeks after, well, it was 
I was overdue, so she was, he was ex expected to deploy a month after she was born and ended up deploying three weeks after she was born. Um, so I very much was in a situation compounding that preschool time, right, of being alone, not having family, I'm literally like having to fly grandparents up to help if I needed help, that type of thing. And um, during that time, um, there was a mom at a church that we were attending who was kind of like the fun, cool mom who seemed to have it all together. Uh, <laughs> she um, was always really cute, like dressed perfectly, and I'm sure she wouldn't describe herself this way, but just to say this is the type of person she seemed to me. She already had a child that was a little bit older than mine, so she was already in that mom role, seemed comfortable in it. Um, and she's the one who started a MOPS group at our church. And she basically invited anybody that she knew, so it wasn't just people from our church, but I'm going to talk about um, the three women in that group that I think kind of portray, when you merge them together, some of my ideals of what a great mom are. So she was one of those fun people who um, was like the party planner, like she was gifted like Danny with like decorations. Um, her daughter's first birthday party, she did a farm theme, like we still use the little plates she gave out to everybody um, as party favors and that we ate the cake off of. Um, so like one of those people, which I am absolutely not, like I strive for, you know, don't stumble on anything as you come into my house type of um, living. <laughs> so, so um, just somebody that was so different from me, but that I really enjoyed. And she was really a connector and reached out and started this group. So I admire her for that. So she was somebody who knew how to have fun. Okay, she's kind of like the fun, um, put it together, bring it to the party person. And she was really looking for friends to craft with. Um, she liked to scrapbook and make cute stuff. And so she was looking for somebody to do that with and thought, like, wouldn't it be fun if we had this group of moms that got together and did that type of thing. So we met once a month and we met on... Um, like a Saturday morning, I was working mom, so, and there were other moms in the group that were working moms, so that was the time that we had chosen. Um, we did food and we did crafts, so we did, so, it was sort of like this meeting, but it was a much smaller group. I think there were maybe eight of us and two mentor moms, so just to give you an idea, that was a much, much more intimate group. Um, but some of the things that she brought to my life that um, kind of bring the fun in that I think she shared and was really helpful to be was that um, when you would say something you were struggling with, she would have a great idea of how to make it fun or, or do it differently. Um, when my husband was back, and I was saying it was hard for us, you know, like we didn't have grandparents to help watch our kids, so we didn't really have, and we didn't have a lot of connections because we both worked all the time for developing a babysitting system and that type of thing, and just budget-wise, we didn't really budget for babysitting. So her and her husband had two children. By that time, we had two children. We started swapping babysitting, where you know she just said, well, let's just swap babysitting and do it ourselves. So one time a month, um, she and her husband would drop her kids off at our house, and we would watch them, and they'd go out for a couple hours. And then later in the month, um, we'd do it the other way. And it wasn't always the same night, and it, wasn't, and it was totally intentionally just to help both of us have a date night without it costing anything. And we knew our kids were about the same age and played well together. So that, to me, was really, I mean, it allowed my husband and I to have relaxation time, which is fun, right? That's how you stay connected. Um, and so she just was really good at having solutions like that. And I wanted to kind of um, just give you some examples of how... <laughs> how that's helped me think about fun or different ways I think about fun. Um, 
I am not naturally gifted in the just have fun area, no matter what Nikki says. I mean, her perception is not reality. So as an example, um, Viola, my youngest, who's four, um, she had grandparents' day yesterday at preschool. And my mother-in-law, um, afterwards, as we were talking, we were walking along at the fair with my other kids, she said, so Viola was telling us she loves to craft. Like, I know that you're a scrapbooker, do, you know, do you craft with her all the time? Like, what type of crafting do you do with her? And I know that my mother-in-law is thinking from that question, what type of craft kits can I get for Viola for Christmas? But I was like, I never craft with her. I haven't scrapbooked, like, I scrapbooked before I actually had kids, which is kind of silly now that I think about it, because now I have the pictures to scrap, and I don't ever have time to do it. Um, and the, those pictures just sit on my phone, right? So I was like, I don't know what she's talking about, like, how she perceives herself as a crafter, as a four-year-old. Um, but... <laughs> But it was just kind of funny because, again, that reality, like, somehow my child thinks that she crafts. I don't know. I mean, I'm literally the person that when I see, like, Whitney Vines post a picture of her child finger painting without a shirt on at the table, I'm like, oh, bless you, Whitney, you're being a good mom. I never did that with any of my kids. Like, the idea of them getting dirty and it being in my house, like, just drives me crazy. So my kids get, like, sidewalk chalk outside on the driveway. Um, Anyways, and my husband also is the fun, the fun parent, and I'm not. So anyways, so what I have found for, for me, because I'm not the spontaneous, you know, like, oh, we just craft all the time person, is we schedule fun. So, um, and some of you have heard me talk about this before, we pick a theme for the summer as a family, and sometimes it works better than others. So like we've had summer of zoos, and we've had... Um, Summer of whoopie pies, where we got a cookbook of whoopie pies and tried a whole bunch of different types. And so, like, last summer was the summer of food on a stick. And I can say in the winter that was a really great idea. We were, like, creatively thinking of all the types of food on a stick that we could do all summer. Um, it ended up mainly being a summer of lots of corn dogs and popsicles. But, um, <laughs> but like, schedule it, you know? I mean, we're, we're like, we have this competitive... Now that my kids are a little older, like, we're having... You control it when they're preschoolers, but when they're older, then they're like, I think next year we should have the summer of Disney and go every week, you know? So I, it's a discussion, and then we vote on it in January now that they're older. So um, so that's the type of person I am. Like, I literally schedule in the fun, because it would not happen otherwise. So how can you plan fun in your day? Um, there's really no such thing as too much laughter, okay? So laugh at your kids, laugh with your kids, laugh at yourself. Um, when you're feeling really stressed, take a deep breath and let it out with just laughing at the stage of life that you're in because um, otherwise you'll cry, and it's okay to cry too, but um, it helps if you laugh as well, okay? Um, and just some other simple ideas. We use leftover socks um, and draw a face on them with like a black permanent marker and use those to dust dust boards with my preschoolers. Like I was trying to think of like, what do I do with my preschooler? Like what did I do that was at all fun? Again, scheduled, it goes back in the sock, like the dust sock drawer, like I, you know, the single big white socks that are my husband's that have a hole in them, like we draw a face on them and then put it on their arm and then you go around and do the dusting. Um, and then I would say, um, say yes. Say yes when your kids wanna do something fun. I have a really hard time with often saying no, like, no, 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 get in the car. Like, when we walk out of preschool, um, 
my daughter likes to run around the corner and hide behind the tree so that when I walk by on the side, <laughs> you're laughing at me. Taylor's laughing at me because she's seen my kids do this probably because they go the same place. So they run around the corner and they hide behind the tree and like, I, like they do it every time so I know exactly where they are. And there's part of me that's like, get in the car, get in the car, like get across the parking lot and get in the car. Like we are getting in the car, we have somewhere to go. And you know, there are times when I just have to let it go <laughs> because that is my instinct and that is actually what I say half the time. Like, okay, stop hiding, get in the car. But, um, but there are times when I'm like, Where's Vila? I don't know where Vila went. And just that simple 30 seconds of taking time to let it go, let go of whatever you're doing or whatever the situation is and enjoy the fun of just that moment. I don't know if my kids will ever remember that. They'll probably just imagine that they're crafters. But, but, but in my mind, it's a reminder to me every single day when we walk out of preschool to take a breath and pretend like I have no idea that Viola's two feet away from me behind the tree that she just literally walked around. So, um, so those are some of my suggestions for like both recognize the moment and then schedule it in if you're like me. Um, so then another mom in the group is a mom and I, I really actually thought a long time about using this as an example just because I want to hear, I want you to hear my heart in this. Um, and I and I'm decided to do it because I don't know if there's someone in here who maybe is like her. Um, but mom number two, when I think of the term mama bear, um, I think of her. She is probably one of the toughest mamas I've ever met. Um, when she had her second child, I, mean, I knew life was tough beforehand. But she had her second child at home in a tub, and two weeks later, her husband went on the run from the federal marshals and took her and the two-week-old baby with him, um, along with their older son. And um, she then was a single mom, basically, in our group while her husband was in prison on trial, which took like a year and a half, um, in another state because they didn't feel they could try him where we were because of what the situation was. Um, so she couldn't even, you know, she couldn't visit her husband. It was just, I, I can't, that is not what, what the issue is about. But she's one of those people that, like, even despite all that, like, I was not taking her meals. I was not asking to babysit her kids. Um, like, surprise, surprise, the baby um, was a particularly difficult child who cried all the time, which I knew just from interacting with her at church. It was, like, you can say colicky, but, like, was a super stressed out baby that cried all the time, like, even when she was taking care of the baby, let alone when someone else was trying to take care of the baby. Um, and I had my hands full, working full time with my own two kids. By this time, my husband's back, so I have a little more room, right, in my life to be graceful to others, but, um, like, it wasn't, like, going out of my way to ask her how I could help her, um, even though I knew, like, she seemed to, like, be holding it all together. And I actually... <laughs> um, I don't know if this will illustrate it because my daughter is such a neat cross-stitcher, but I thought, like, she is the person who is, like, holding all the threads together on the back. Like, she appeared to be holding all the messy threads together and, like, is staying on there. You know, like, I'd be unraveling and there'd be strings all over. But she um, just seemed to be, like, a tough cookie who could take it all. And one day while I was at work, I mean, we lived on the military base, I got a call from her asking me um, if I would watch her kids that night overnight. And she gave no reason and I didn't ask, 
but there was a little quiet voice in my head and heart that was saying, this girl has never asked for help. She's never asked for help when she came back and her husband was being hauled off to jail. She never asked for help functioning as a single mom now with no income because her husband's in jail and he was self-employed and ran a business that now she's trying to run without him. Um, She is not a complainer and she's really tough. Like She's never asked for anything. I didn't ask. I I thought about it and thought, Yes, I can do that, knowing in my head that, like, that baby, I'm going to be up all night. I already have a baby of my own, like, (laughs) kind of dreading, but also thinking, like, I can't say anything, but yes, like, she's never asked for help. And we weren't, like, we didn't hang out all the time. Neither one of us had time, okay? So we knew each other from this mom group. Like, we'd gotten to know each other enough that I knew for her to be asking for help, like, there must be something really important. It wasn't until two years later that I found out from her mother-in-law that, and her mother-in-law remembered it two years later when I was having lunch with her mother-in-law, that I had helped that day. Because um, what I didn't know is that two days earlier, she had been driving according to the rules of the road, gone through a green light for her, and someone had run a red light. And when she hit them, the person in the car was killed. So she was dealing with a husband gone, everything I've just described, plus a very young, crabby, colicky baby that she never got a break from, plus her other child that she's trying to meet the emotional needs of, and then that happened. And she was literally on her last thread, and she just needed 12 freaking hours by herself to not lose it. I had no idea. I didn't know until later. I never asked. I mean, the next day I met her and dropped off the kids and we connected to give her the kids. And I did spend that night. I've never had to drive my kids in the car to put them to sleep. Uh, exhausted, trying not to crash. I was driving her child in the car at night because I did not know what else to do to get her child to stop crying. Um, but it is, I mean, I didn't feel like that was an act of love. It was just a response to what I knew must be a need, even though I didn't know what it was. Um, And so what I say out of that situation is if you are the mama bear and you're her, ask for help. And the questions that we asked that people stood up to, some of them were tough ones. Okay, some of them are ones that you don't want to share with strangers. Make a friend in this room. Find a mentor mom. Find someone even not in this room. And if you're the mama bear, open up enough of your life to ask for help. Uh, And I don't know how else to say that more clearly because we really can be there for each other. And if you're the mom who can be helpful, notice the people around you and say yes when you can. It doesn't mean that you need to take over for some other mom, but if there is a moment when you can help a mom put her kids in the car or there is a moment where um, you can tell a mom that her dress is inside out... (laughs) I'm looking at Melissa. Just earlier this week, you know, I was halfway through the morning in a room full of moms and kids, and she came up to me and said, by the way, your dress is inside out. I was like, excuse me, I'm going to run to the bathroom. Um, But, right, seems simple and silly. But if I had gotten home and no one had told me all day, I mean, I actually honestly thought, like, I've only been here for two hours. Maybe no one else has noticed, and she's just the first one. And I pretended in my head to think that while I went and changed. When she said that, actually, another mom in the room was like, yes, your dress is inside out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just to say, right, that whether it's a big thing or a little thing, 
We're here to be a tribe. It does not mean that you need to be best friends forever. It means that if you see a need, try to meet it if you can and try to say yes. Um, and I didn't mean that to be too heavy, so I'm going to um, lighten it up a little. So anyways, what I wanted to say about that in general, general is, and I actually wanted to talk a little bit just about this because I think this might touch people as well. When I describe that girl situation, I mean, kind of like the comparison, I'm like, well, my life isn't that bad, right? But I wanted to talk a little bit about the Kubler-Ross stages of grief. And I'm just going to briefly put this up as informational. So these are the five stages of grief that um, the psychologist Kubler-Ross came up with that you talk about like in grief support groups and loss support groups and stuff. And you can start anywhere and you can jump around and you can spend 30 seconds in one and then like two years in another and then circle around. But the goal is to eventually, hopefully, get down to acceptance where you have some peace, okay? And I just wanted to throw out there the idea that maybe your husband's not in jail. Um, maybe that's not the situation, it doesn't resonate, but I wanted to throw out some other things. Maybe you've had the loss of a child and you're still angry. Okay, these are the types of things I'm saying. Talk to somebody, please. Talk to one of us. Um, if we feel like it's something that we can't help with, we'll refer you to somebody who can. Um, maybe you've had the loss of a dream of what your family would look like. Maybe you always dreamed you'd have two girls and a boy, and you got five boys. I don't know. Um, I was one of five girls. I mean, people used to ask my dad, like, you know, like, do you want a boy? You know. Um, <laughs> Maybe you've had the loss of a spouse or a divorce. Maybe you've had the loss of what life your child would have had because you have a child with disabilities or different abilities. Um, maybe you are feeling the loss and you're a little bit bitter about the loss of your professional life because you identified really strongly with it and now you're staying at home with your kids. Um, there are a lot of different places where these flavors of grief can come through, and it's not always as obvious as, like, my parent died, my child died. Sometimes it's literally, like, the idea I had is not a reality, and I'm sort of being, you know, like, I'm emotionally, have emotions attached to that, and you don't always even recognize it. But if you're feeling some of these emotions, especially the ones above acceptance, that's something to consider. So... Um, if there are fears related to some of those things, like things you fear about being a mom from either your past situation or going forward or something that you, know, you don't want to do it that way, um, just this is the year to try to identify and talk to somebody, connect with another mom, and let go of some of those fears. And connection and talking through that can help get you to the point of acceptance and some peace. So help others. Um, if you're the mama bear, and I think most mama bears know they're a mama bear, I don't know, but um, if you are, then reach out, please, and let us help you. Um, so the third mama in this group that I wanted to talk about is honestly probably, when I think back about it, the mama that I kind of learned the most from. Um, and I can say she, too, had a difficult past, but it was like in her past, and she had gotten to the point of acceptance. And she, when I think about the things she said to me, she was a peer, but when I think about the things that she said to me during that year that I helped me assimilate, her child was maybe a year older than mine. 
Um, but just for that one year of momming experience, she was so far ahead of where I was, I think, um, as far as processing some things. She was the most honest and transparent. She very clearly was like, I'm here because I want friends. Um, and that, you know, was the truth. That's probably why all of us were there. Um, she, during um, a year after my husband came back from the deployment, there was a period of time for about six months where he was, um, like, living at the hospital every other week. And I was on my own with the kids. So I was working during the day, and then I was coming home. I was, had the kids by myself and taking them back to work, and he was at the hospital the whole time. And that was a really hard time, too. And she said, you know, well, let's meet for a play date. Well, in Alaska, it's dark and cold for, like, half the year. So people, like every McDonald's has a playground. And so we would literally meet at McDonald's, and we had, like, Monday nights at McDonald's play dates with her son and my daughter. We would just sit there and chat by the play place while they played, and the Happy Meals cost less than $5. And I, I think most of the time her and I didn't even eat because we were both on a budget. So um, she was somebody that, again, like the first mom who did the date night exchange, just really simple, like, I need friends, you're clearly struggling, like, let's just meet every Monday and make it a standing date and connect. Um, and then she also, um, I remember saying, like, I just don't ever have any quiet time. And I was talking about faith stuff and reading my Bible, but even if you're just like a mom who's like, I am in it, and I like never get a break, she was the one who, as a single parent, said, I read in the bathroom. And just to set this up, because it's a little bit funny, but in Alaska, people, you can, like, when you go to the real estate agent, they say, do you want a wet cabin, you know, do you want a wet house or a dry house? What they mean is, do you want a bathroom or not a bathroom in your house? So she lived in a dry cabin with her son in the yard behind her parents' house. And to go to the bathroom, her and her son went up to the, to the big house, to her parents' house, to go to the bathroom. So she had tucked a book, and this is what she described to me, was like, even if it's just, like, think about your day. If it's the five minutes in your car when you're parking before you go into work. And I'm like, I'm always going into work right as I need to go to work. And she's like, then the five minutes after you come out from work to, like, decompress, like set your Bible on the front seat, and that's what you do before you even start the car. Um, but she was saying, I got this little devotion book. It's not even a Bible. I stuck it next to the toilet, and like I go to the bathroom for at least 10 minutes a day, and I literally sit there, and that is how I read my Bible. Like I do it in the form of a devotion book that's stuck next to the toilet. And there was part of me that's like, okay. And then there's part of me that was like, that's brilliant. That's the only time. It's the only time I'm ever by myself. In fact, once I could crawl, I wasn't even by myself during that time. So, um, just to say, that was a really good tip. Um, she also organized her son's clothes by hanging one of those shoe holders on the back of his. So they they were in like a two bedroom cabin in their parents' backyard. So. Um, she had, you know, the door to the front door, she had a, uh, like, shoe hangers in there, and she would plan out his clothes for the week and wrap them with socks and underwear and pants and sweatshirt and, like, roll it up and stick it in one of the shoe holder things. They're little, they're preschoolers, right, so that actually fit. Um, and I thought that was really, like, she just had, like, she would share things and be like, that's brilliant. Um, but part of it was that, like, she was really living, that whole term, living in your truth, like, she knew she was going to be a single mom forever. She had purposely, like, exited from the dad situation um, because there was drug use and stuff involved, including on her side. She had gotten clean. Like, she, her son had changed her life, and she, momming for her was a transformational experience because she wanted 
she wanted to be the mom her son needed. And so she had both gotten out of that situation. She, you know, was working to support her son. I mean, she just, she was living in the truth of where she was in life fully and embracing it. So um, I learned a lot from her from just that. So that whole find your people, um, that whole find your people thing. Um, she was just, I feel like, really good. I mean, even at McDonald's, she would invite, like, hey, you've got a little kid our kid's age, come, come to her mom's group. She's just really good at being real. So I did want to say this. Um, none of those three women do I talk to on a regular basis now. So when you think about your friendships, there's always room for one more at the table, right? There are people that you pass every day at the park that are in that outer sphere, there are people in this group who are your peers because we're all moms of preschoolers. We have a connection point, and we see each other monthly. And maybe it's the soccer moms on the soccer sidelines, or maybe you know it's the dance moms that you sit next to at dance school that are your peers. But you can invite people to be closer to you and to be a cheerleader, and that's what we're asking you to do this year. They may not ever become your best friend forever. That's like your core person. Um, and that idea that everyone has to be your BFF or that you can't have people at different stages. Um, for that period of time, those women were my cheer, right? But now they're back to the sphere. Like, I, they're on Facebook, but I don't call Alaska to talk to them. Like, it was for a season of time. So that's what I'm asking you to do is make one, you know, one friend that at least gets into your cheer ring and, um, and to focus on the fact that may not be the friend you're friends with 20 years from now when your kids are graduating from high school, but for this period of time, you need a mom friend, you need mom friends, okay? And then the other thing I would say is the term comparison is the thief of joy. Um, yes, if you're using it to judge others. Yes, if you're using it to judge yourself. But if it helps you look around and see the differences you can appreciate in other moms and find the moms that, um, you know, can sew and you can't sew or can do the fun, you know, fun party <laughs> favors that you can't do, um, it helps you appreciate them and it helps you be real with who you are and what your role might be. Um, and so um, that would be the other thing that I would say is um, it's okay to compare yourself to the people at your table and say, how do I fit into this? Um, what, what am I good at? What are they good at? How do I fit into the piece in the puzzle? Um, and I think that if you let go of some of those fears, you fear a little less, and you schedule in some fun, that you will find your people here. Some of the things that Mom's, MOPS does um, that we do purposefully to help with that is we give you two hours away from your kids just with other moms to spend that time connecting once a month. And if this is the only place where you do that connection, that's okay. We're going to do everything in our power to make sure you have lots of fun this year. <laughs> and um, we would just really hope that this year you'll find at least one person or two or three or a whole table full of people that can be your people and your tribe.